Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Chris Evans here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's podcast of the Best of the Breakfast Show from Virgin Radio with Sky. Coming up, the legend that is Colonel Tom Moore chats his 100th birthday alongside his daughter, Hannah. Mo Gilligan tells us about his brand new happiness spreading show on Channel 4. Mo Gilligan's happy hour live from his house. Ray Spall discusses his brand new Apple TV Plus comedy drama, Trying. And Adam Lambert and Roger Taylor from Queen let us know how they've been keeping busy during lockdown, plus what they've done for our carers and our essential workers and Jay Rayner Ollie Ollerton and so much more on the way but first Vassos our first guest please the 30th of April 1920 was a special day indeed exactly one century ago a baby boy was born who would go on to serve his country raise a record 30 million quid for charity almost and capture all of our hearts let's say a great Big Virgin Radio, happy 100th birthday to the heaven-sent centenarian himself, Colonel Tom Moore. Right, good morning. Is Colonel Tom there or are we talking to Hannah he first? Is. No, well, you've got both of us. Uh, in before he goes for a well and sit down, but here he is, Chris. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for your kind remarks. <laughs> really, I'm appreciated. You've done so well. Thank you very much indeed. Tom, you've done so well, you know that. When did you find out you'd been made a colonel? Yesterday, quite late. It was absolutely amazing. I was never expecting anything like that. But really, it is a great honour. And now I'm colonel for at least for a minute or two. <laughs> well, more than that, hopefully. And uh, there's got to be a knighthood on the way. Um, what about all those birthday cards, Colonel Tom? Mum. I can't promise to read them all, but I'll, <laughs> I'll do the best I can. All right, a card of honour. And how did you celebrate this morning, and how might you celebrate later? So I'll, I'll take over from here, because he's going to go for a little sit-down, Chris, if that's OK. Of course, I'll take of, it from here. Of course it's OK, Hannah. So, hello, back with Hannah. So he had a spectacular morning. Um, a fly past. Uh, I don't know if um, anyone managed to look or could go back and look at the fish from BBC Breakfast. It was... Uh, I don't know how we all managed to hold it together. He said, you know what he said when he saw the planes flying over that? Afterwards, he said, he's the only person here who'd seen them flying in anger and distress and um, had also now seen them fly over in peacetime. Yeah. What an amazing thing oh. to say. Can't imagine how you're all feeling. Oh, I mean, just yesterday, Chris, when he was made the honorary colonel, I've like, been trying to hold it together for four weeks while <laughs> we see this extraordinary, while we are sort of embedded in this extraordinary journey that we embarked on with, with no intent for it to be anything like this and hanging on and, and trying to do the best that we can to deliver back to the British public. And a, a, a few of those milestones... I mean, we, we just got how much more emotional, we'll be emotional wrecks by the end of it. 
Well, I don't blame you. And, we, you know, we're halfway there with you. I like I say, I can't imagine what it's like to have been part of this. Um, something that I suppose we would hope never had to happen, but has happened. Um, you know, but, but you know, your, your dad's been this amazing character. He's got this unbelievable story to tell. But the last four weeks, you know, like you say, absolutely incredible. I mean, what, what do you do? Where do you go from here? What, what happens tomorrow? Well, uh, I mean, I, I think, Chris, that when we embarked on this four weeks ago, I, I, I guess people are really fed up with me telling the story now that we genuinely started thinking £1,000 would be simply outstanding. And we would have, would have been so proud of that. And so we've gone on this journey that we never intended to be on and, and all genuinely we have tried to do is do the very best by everyone who's invested in Tom and, and everything we stand for. And what we're thinking now is that, yes, he's going to just stop walking today and um, we will close the Just Giving page at midnight tonight. Right. But this is not the end. This is, imagine, uh, I would say, imagine this is a test match. Yep. Um, this, is, this is like tea after the first day. Um, we will be coming back in, in a different way and um, we're just going to go away as a family and decide what legacy should look like and we will be back and we'd love to talk to you about it. Hannah, you're more than welcome. So, uh, since we've been talking, uh, your dad is now on 29,991,708 pounds. Um, now, lots of people listen to the show, lots of people in the mood to give. Uh, they're bidding on auction items uh, for our NHS auction ourselves. Yeah. Uh, going great guns here as well great as there. Well should we just stay? Should we, do you just want to stay on the phone till we get to 30 million? Yes, yeah, we, we, are, we are so close, aren't we? So close now. Yeah, no, it's I'm just going to there's a laptop in the kitchen. I'm just going to look. We are. Refresh. Oh my goodness. Re refresh. Refresh. Go on, refresh. The whole country's refreshing. Come on. Let's get there. And, 994,000. And, and, okay. Oh my goodness. And, and Chris, you, I don't know if you know this, but the, um, the torch that um, you have a picture of Tom holding the torch. Yes. And we will. Um, get him to sign the picture of him blowing the flame out. All right. The torch. So this is the and London 2012 torch. torch that we, we delivered to you, Ash, yesterday. Your dad did a lap of the garden with it, and it was lit, by the way, um, and it was brilliant, and he blew it out for his birthday. There was happy birthday. We got video footage of all that. The, the pictures are available if any papers want them or whatever. Right, let's refresh together again. Come on, Hannah, oh, yeah, three, two, on, one. Then. Let's I'm refresh together. Mine is up to... What's yours up to? No, no, 501, Okay. That's the last um, refresh, though. So, um, that's, yeah, that's the, yeah. It's, it's, I think it might have come to a little bit of a okay. Um, it has a hiccup, as you know, every now and then. Don't worry about it. We'll oh, oh my goodness! We'll take this hiccup. Look, have you seen it now? Nine hundred. No. <laughs> okay, we're we were 142 pounds away for 30 million on the air come on you come on, come just on. giving colonel tom on, it could everybody. be your fiver that Get takes it over the edge 30 million come on it's been the most incredible <laughs> journey and you and all your listeners we we couldn't have done this without no, you don't we, worry about that don't worry about that but we feel like we're we are, are in everyone's heart right there in all of ours let's hannah let's have one more refresh together five four yeah, three, four, three two, two. Two, one. one refresh. refresh. Thirty million seven thousand one hundred and forty-three pounds. Whoa! Come on, Colonel Tom Moore, Hannah and the gang over there in Bedfordshire. Oh my goodness me! Thirty million pounds. Okay, just remind us, Hannah. What did you originally set out to raise? How much? 
1,000 pounds. Well, how about another 29,990,999 pounds ish? We will take that and thank you, everybody. What a journey well this has been. Well done, Hannah. Congratulations. Uh, Thank go, on, you. go and have a, a little glass of something very cold and fizzy and give yes. our best to your dad. Does, does he know yet? Has he been told? No, he's obviously in all honesty <laughs> at this point. But we'll, but one of the grandchildren will wake him up. All right. Tell him. <laughs> it's not the most important thing that's happened to him in his life. Uh, but it's right up there. Well done, um, Colonel Tom and Hannah and the gang in Bedfordshire. £30,743 for NHS charities together. Boom. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Lockdown won't stop our next guest broadcasting his funnies and never was a show more Ron Seal. Mo Gilligan's All-Star Happy Hour does exactly what it says on the tin with Sharon Osbourne, Jesse Lingard and Shaggy in the first episode on Monday on Channel 4. <laughs> Please welcome the happy emoji that is Mo Gilligan. Good morning, Mo. Hey, what's up, guys? Good morning. How are you? you okay? Very well. So sorry to keep you hanging on, but uh, we're trying to raise as much money for PPE here as possible. So No, no. That's all right, man. Don't worry about me. That's okay, man. Great right. cause, though, man. Thank you. Well, you, well, uh, good. You know that what is the least we can do. Now, Mo, obviously, we've talked before. Uh, you're doing great business on Channel 4. How would you get all these amazing guests? Uh, yeah, do you know what? Everyone's free, so you just ask them now. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> you know, it's like now you know people are home, so... It's so it's funny. No you're so right, Mo. I was just saying the Vassos off the air there. You can tell from... You know, we've we, I've interviewed loads of people before, so have you. We've been interviewed ourselves before, but people just have more time for the chats this morning, you know, than they've ever done before. It's just mm-hmm. it's just all different, and it's better for it, don't you think? Yeah, I guess like you know, we're in a, the the last stages of this uh, lockdown, so I think early on it was quite you know like oh okay, what's going to happen? I don't know how it's all going to work. Whereas now it's like you know, people just want to phone people up just to like say how are you, what you've been up to now, you know, and just have a chat and just like see how we all are you know and it's different isn't it because it's it's like once it's funny with a phone conversation or a skype conversation or a zoom conversation because you know w- once you're a minute in or two minutes in, and you get past that point where normally you'd be saying goodbye once you're past that it's a whole new world isn't it of interaction yeah yeah once you've kind of told people yeah i've done a workout and i watch this box set you're like yeah so the sky is blue, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot <laughs> but bluer. really blue. I mean, come on. You know how you know how would you rate it out of ten? This blue, blue sky. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. But I think it's better. It leads better for a better conversation now. I think People so. We can actually really talk to each other. So is Monday is Monday show in the can? Is it done? Uh, well, it's live. So oh, it's um, live, live. Is it? I had yeah. no idea. Okay, sorry, I apologise. Yeah. So there's some bits that are pre-recorded. So those bits are already kind of done. But right. uh, the game show kind of element is going to be completely live. So. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of rehearsals, but you know, like anything, Chris, you can do these rehearsals as much as you want, but it can all go left on uh, the day. You like a big opening number. What's going to happen to those? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just need to make sure I just don't mess up what I need to do. Right. But if it, if it goes left, then that is the beauty of live TV. It's just everyone knows it's live. And people, I think, obviously, at this kind of time, to yeah. produce some live TV from your house, yeah. I think people will be quite understanding that, you know, technical things could happen. Well, I think people are going to be disappointed when it goes back to normal because it's really punk. It's really Wayne's World, but it's for real. It's happening mm-hmm. now. Russell Howard's show is amazing from his bedroom. Have you mm-hmm. been watching other people doing doing this, similar things? Yeah, like I know Joel Dorman's got a show at his house. I think 
Um, it was Graham Norton that he's kind of doing at his house as well with other guests. And I think it's what was quite cool about it is that, you know, we can hopefully once this, you know, when this kind of slows down, that we can still kind of have these things, you know? Yeah. I'd love it if I could still get a guest on, on one of my shows in the future that, oh, I can't make it to the show, but I can do it from L.A. in my home. That yeah, would yeah. still be quite cool, you know? So I think we should still try and keep these, you know, methods of technology we're using. Right, so do you know where these people are? So Sharon, is she in L.A.? Um, uh, Jesse Lingard will be up north. Where's Shaggy? Any ideas? New York? I think Shaggy is based uh, just outside of New York. Yeah, I, I met him last time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think Shaggy might be pre-recorded, though. He's kind of doing a little performance for us, but I can't really say what it is. But Sh- Sharon, Sharon Osborne, the Osborne's either live in Los Angeles or Berkshire, depending which way the wind's blowing. Yeah, I think I think she's going to be in L.A. So, right. yeah, yeah, it's quite exciting times. It's really exciting. Well done, Mo. Are you nervous? Um, a little bit, but I'm a stand-up comic, so, you know, there's a lot of times when you're on stage and it. You know, you do it. You do it live, and it's there in the moment. So this kind of feels like the same thing, really. But um, it'll be a laugh. You know, I think <laughs> for that that's what, that'll be quite fun. You know, how, how much of this weekend? How much of your thought space will, will uh, this take up this weekend, or can you compartmentalise? Oh, so basically, my house has turned into a set. So I'm in my bedroom, and yeah, the whole house is literally cameras, lights, the spare rooms being turned into a gallery. Um, yeah, like the whole house is now a TV set, basically. Right, and are they stepping yeah. over anybody you know and love on a regular basis, these people? Oh, so they're literally everywhere in the house. Like, say that there's only two people, but, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just thought it'd be, like, two small cameras. <laughs> like, yeah, but I think the more telly gets, like, radio, the better it is for it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's so true. But, yeah, so I was quite naive for you. I'll be a couple of small cameras. Little, little death somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's TV for you. Well, listen, good luck, pal. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate your time, Chris. You're very Thank welcome. You very Thanks much. for hanging on. Mo Gilligan's Happy Hour starts Monday, 4th of May, Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. Channel May the 4th be with you at 10pm. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. From Shaun of the Dead to the Life of Pi, Jurassic World to the BFG, this awesome actor can do it all. His brand new comedy, Trying, launches today on Apple TV Plus, and here to tell us all about it is the dashing, the ravishing, the really rather splendid Rafe Spall. Good morning, Rafe. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm just in the process of measuring up an area of my living room to see if it will fit a pinball machine. Yeah, come on uh, now. I, I, don't know, I don't know how that's going to go down uh, in my house, but uh, it would involve moving the sofa. Well, it's been done before, Rafe, and it'll be done again. Uh, thanks so much for even considering it. Right, tell us all about trying. It sounds like it's from a, a pretty decent comedy pedigree of writers. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it's uh, it's the first offering from Apple TV Plus Europe. Yeah, so it's the first British comedy that Apple TV have produced. It's a show about a couple in their early 30s who um, aren't able to conceive a child naturally. So they decide that they're going to go down the route of adoption. Um, and it's a pretty serious subject, but it's dealt with with a light touch. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a comedy drama. And, you know, like, like most of the situations we find ourselves in that are adverse in, in our everyday lives, we tend to find the light and the humor in it. And this show is a reflection of that. And it's uh, it's a show about people trying to do the right thing, trying to be good to each other. And I'm really pleased to be putting it out there at the moment, you know, because it's about people being good and kind 
and um, being nice to each other. So I'm pleased to be putting that goodness out into the universe. Right. You know? And who is your marital partner in crime in this uh, amazing comedy drama? Uh, she's a, she's a, it's one of the things that I'm, I'm most excited about the show. She's a, she's a brilliant actress called Esther Smith, a British comedy actress who's uh, one of our best. And she's, uh, she's gorgeous and brilliant. And I'm, and I'm really pleased and excited that the world gets to see her, her varied talents. Now, there are comedies and there are dramas and there are comedy dramas and yours is uh, the latter. And, of course, to, yeah. be, to qualify for a comedy drama, you know, done well, they are hilarious because there is the, there is the lightest of light and the darkest of shade and they have to have a heart. Tell us about yours. Yeah, exactly. As I, as I touched on earlier, you know, it's, uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're dealing with something sensitive... Um, I think that you need to find, uh, as you say, the light and the shade. And I think, you know, I, I think it's a very human thing. I think if you say, for instance, when we all went on to lockdown, everyone was sharing funny WhatsApp videos. It was this communal <laughs> way of us all boying each other yeah. and going, guys, what are we going to do? Yeah. All we can do is laugh. You know, some, yeah. some of those videos were, 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 were corona-related and some weren't. We, we just all knew collectively that we needed to laugh. And you know what? It worked, didn't it? It was really great. We, we, we all really enjoyed getting those WhatsApp videos and it, and it made a difference. Um, you know, when the chips are down, humans want to come together and they want to laugh. And uh, that's extremely, extremely important. Right. Now, how many apps have you seen? Have you seen the, the whole run? I've, I've seen them all. Yeah, I've seen them all. And, and, and I genuinely like it. That's not always the case when you're promoting <laughs> something. I'll be, I'll be totally honest, because you are contractually obliged to sell the show that you're in. Of course you are. Um, but, the, <laughs> but I'm actually being genuine now. I love this show. I like it very much. And I, and I, and I, and I think it's, uh, it's the sort of thing that I would want to watch, Chris. And, and really, that, that's all you can go for. No, right? well, and I trust your word. I really do. And I can tell, by the way. Because it, it's true, you know, over in Hollywood, they, put, they, they cast some actors and actresses in films purely because they know they're brilliant salespeople. And they put them in I one know. or two scenes. But they know that when they get out on the road, they're going to sell the heck out of the movie. Well, but you must have had people on your show flogging stuff that you don't buy. Never, <laughs> never, 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 never. No, no one would ever come on the Chris Evans show <laughs> to do anything that they didn't fully believe in. I take that back. Yeah, well, we sort of we try we try to not let that happen. It doesn't really happen. I mean, we don't yeah. we don't allow people on it, you know, who we don't believe in at all. Um, but I believe in you, and I really do, and your dad. And um, so, you. so I can't wait to watch this. How's lo how's lockdown going for you? This is perfect for us this weekend. What are you, what have you been up to with your ankle biters and your lovely wife well yeah i've got uh, an eight a seven and a four year old so uh getting stuck into homeschooling and booze uh, that, that's basically <laughs> the, the, the two cornerstones of my lockdown experience right so you're, um, you're homeschooling the kids are boozing that's yeah. not at the same time no, yet yeah. um but but that has been happening and, I, and i've realized that that um my education level is, is is slightly below that of my eldest child who's eight um, there's things that I just don't know that, that, that she's <laughs> learning. Um, things like decimal points, the triangle method. Who knew about the triangle I method? Know, for I, know, I know, I know. Um, uh, so I've been quietly Googling things, uh, answers to her questions that I should definitely know. Well, because um, we're but, rearranging. You know, it, it's been good. Because we're rearranging, Rafe. We're rearranging. This is why we've got this garage sale going on, because we've moved to a much smaller place, which is exactly what we wanted. But uh, So I was measuring yeah. some shelves the other day, and I said, what are you doing? I said, he's 11. And I said, I'm, me I'm measuring the shelf. And it's the way he asked me, you know, with the disdain in his voice. And I said, yeah. I said, I'm measuring the shelf. He said, how are you doing that? I said, with this ruler. And I hadn't actually yeah. taken the first measurement yet. He said, Dad, it's a calculating ruler. It's not a measuring ruler. 
Oh, oh my goodness. Well, that was the end me. of his vegan magnum that night, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay. Uh, right, so all episodes available today, Apple TV Plus, trying. All right, Rafe, listen, uh, stay well, stay safe, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for your time, and good luck with the auction. Cheers, pal. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So we've heard from three guests already today, but there's still more guests to come. Jay Rayner chatting the third series of his podcast Out for Lunch and how it's been tweaked to In for Lunch for lockdown. SAS Who Dares Wins Ollie Ollerton tells us about his brand new book Battle Ready and how it can help us at the moment. Fred Syriax discusses the brand new fifth series of First Dates Hotel and Jimmy Duckety shares all about springtime life on Jimmy's farm in lockdown in 280 acres of idyllic Suffolk farmland. All that on the way. But Vassos, who's next? Magical moments in music are hard to come by, but for some, they seem to come easy. Our next <laughs> guests are without question the royalist royals of rock royalty. Their new single, You Are The Champions, is out today with all proceeds going to the COVID-19 Solidarity Fund. You guessed it. It's Queen's Adam Lambert and Roger Taylor. All right. Good morning, uh, gentlemen. Good evening, actually. Good morning, Chris. Yeah, good morning, Roger. Good evening, Adam, from Los Angeles. It's actually very early morning, so you can say morning to me, too. <laughs> <laughs> A very good early morning to you. Right. Uh, well done, gentlemen. Uh, Roger, first of all, what on earth's going on? Well, um, Brian and I were giving little uh, uh, German guitar lessons on Instagram. And uh, he decided, he uh, suggested, uh, let's do, we are the champions. So he laid down the guitar, sent it to me. I stuck the drums on it. And then we got Adam to sing on it. And it was all done on mobile phones. <laughs> so uh, I, this might be the first record made on mobile phones. Right. But, uh, anyway, uh, we decided to call it You Are the Champions and dedicate it to the front line. You know, all the workers and the, uh, and the doctors and nurses and carers. Which is so cool. Now, Roger, I've been lucky enough to see the studio at your house. Um, is recording on mobile phones, is it the future? <laughs> I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> it was necessary now because I'm in Cornwall, Brian's up in London and Adam's in LA, you know, well, living next door to me. But the quality's amazing. But of course, if, if it were uh, the future, or you would admit that it was the future, you'd have no, no reason to go and, go and escape, go and hide in your man cave. <laughs> That's what's going on. Don't think we don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, Adam, how did, all, how did this pan out for you? What time was it when you recorded it? Uh, where were you? What were you drinking? What, what did you have to eat? Had you done any hit workouts during, it was, before? It was, also early, it was also early morning, again. Um, I'm a night owl. Um, I, you know, I was really excited to, to give this a shot. It's definitely a challenge, and um, I had to sort of, 
suspend the disbelief and sink to a blank white wall, imagining that I was on stage with Roger and Brian um, all around the world like we have been. Uh, and then I also, you know, I, I realized that I, I stand for a second and I put myself in the position of all the people that are fighting this virus, you know, the doctors, the nurses, the, the frontline workers. And I thought to myself, well, what may they be feeling right now? You know, and I, 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 I think a sense of, of uh, gratitude that we have for them, that we really appreciate the, the, their bravery and all that they're doing. And, and, and hopefully a song like this is something that makes them feel strong and part of a united front. It's so interesting you say that, Adam, isn't it? Because you do, at times like this, if you just take a pause and you do a deep, you give yourself a, a time to take a deep dive into your own well of emotions, it's all there, isn't it, for you to draw from? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm really, really, really yeah. impressed with them. You know, we, we put together a, a video montage of a lot of uh, scenes around the world and people that are, that are um, you know, putting themselves out there and, 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 and I think that the, the faith in the human spirit is doing an amazing thing right now, you know? Okay, Roger, you were going to say something? Yeah, um, well, I, I feel especially concerned. I have a daughter who's a doctor um, working at a little hub in London and uh, she's actually in our little film uh, holding up her placard saying you are the champions, meaning all those carers and nurses and doctors and uh, obviously, I was very concerned for her safety, and still am. Um, so uh, that was just a nice touch for me to put, to have that yeah. put in. All right, now, yeah, but it's all going to the World Health Organization, COVID nineteen, yep. uh, to get you know respirators and everything. Tell us about the original We Are the Champions, uh, Roger. Uh, tell us about the moment that was recorded. Was it a quickie? I mean, Vasa said. You know, rock and roll genius comes easy to some people. Is it ever easy? Uh, well, oh, that's, uh, that's quite a question. Um, I, I do remember thinking, oh, this is a killer anthem song, you know. And it was Freddie's genius uh, came from. I remember at first, when he first played me in the chorus, I thought, wow, that is an absolute killer. And I remember making the video in uh, Covent Garden with a whole bunch of our fan club um, as an audience. Uh, and, of course, videos in those days were film. It was 16 mil film. And, uh, yeah, I remember it very well. And, of course, the, the song has, has served us very well over the, over the years. You know? <laughs> All right, pal. Adam, thank you so much for staying up. Are you going to bed now or are you, are you a late-night owl anyhow? i got a couple more good hours in me. <laughs> <laughs> what a great answer. All right, thank you, gentlemen. Goodbye. Hey, thank you. you. <laughs> All right, you're very welcome. You are the champions. It's out today. All proceeds go to the World Health Organization's COVID-19 Solidarity Fund. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Who are we talking to next, Vassal? Not even lockdown can stop our next guest's voracious appetite for brilliant food and engaging chit-chat. The podcast series Out to Lunch launches today with a twist. Please welcome a food critic that's good enough to eat. It's the wonderful Jay Rayner. So, out for lunch has become in for lunch. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Chris. How the hell are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. I'm very well indeed. Lovely to hear your voice. Now, I like necessity breeding creativity, and uh, this is for, you would never have done this if it weren't for lockdown. Tell everybody the format of what happens. Who knocked on George Ezra's door? Um, why? Uh, how long have been George waiting for a takeaway? And what happened next? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, basically, we had actually started recording an old style out to lunch when we realised we could not take great names to restaurants and chat to them. So what I had to do was talk to them over video link, but get them a takeaway. And that would be the food element. And it's worked in exactly the same way. Um, George said he was very keen because, frankly, like, you know, it doesn't matter how famous you are in lockdown, you still got very little to do. Yeah. So uh, he was he was keen to get a takeaway and, and sit and chat to me. Um, and as I say, the first episode of this new series, which is still, you still have to look for it under Out to Lunch, but we're saying we've pivoted towards, because everybody pivots at the moment, towards In for Lunch. And it's, a, you know, chat from our desks with a good takeaway in front of us. And George is a fantastic guest. I don't know if you've ever talked to him. Yeah, I'm sure you have. He's such he's, a lovely he's, boy. He is a, he's a fantastic bloke and a really, you know, a pop star with a real insight into, into himself, which he don't always get if I, I don't want to defame all pop stars but it is the case <laughs> well they've done a pretty good job of that themselves over this so don't worry about uh, it well that's true it's not my fault yeah so you're online with him live but the takeaway's not arrived yet so there's drama in there as well oh yeah i'm staring at my phone watching the little logo of the bike rider circling through uh, <laughs> circling through the streets of west london until i get to a point where i say george your food is two minutes away and um <laughs> And I send him to his front door. Mine turns up, so I'm getting a different one because I'm in South London. But they're complimentary. So I'll, I'll tell you, he, he gets Lebanese food and I get Lebanese food as well. And um, it, 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 I have to say, it's a little bit like Christmas yeah. for them. Um, the, the second episode is uh, Edgar Wright, who directed Baby Driver and uh, Shaun of the Dead and all that brilliant film director. And the look on his face when he opens his package, which is something pretty special, is it's like the best thing that's happened in lockdown. So, you know, I'm performing a public service. Yeah, frankly. of course. Well, well done you, Jay. Well done I know, you. I know. I, I know. I'm always giving. I'm there to give, mate. I'm there to give. Stepping up to the plate. So so is there a guessing game involved here? You know, if they claim to like Lebanese food, they should know what they're getting? Um, Not not particularly. I mean, basically, we, we asked them what their likes and dislikes are and whatever. And in George's case, he just basically said he didn't eat much meat. So... I thought, right, well, then I'm going to go Middle Eastern because the non-meat, you know, offerings within yeah. Middle Eastern food are great. And there were, where he lived, there were some, some great possibilities. Um, so, you know, lots of baba ganoush and falafel and kibeh and that sort of thing. Now, what Stuff you, I'm sure you love. Today in The yeah. Guardian, you've written a piece on the challenges of reopening restaurants under social distancing rules. Now, uh, there is a, a great double page spread in the mirror today about what life might begin to look like when we ease lockdown and eventually come out of lockdown. And I read a lot of it out on the radio but I, I, did, I missed that on purpose the bit about pubs and restaurants because it was a little bit too depressing and lots of my mates are in the trade and I just didn't <sighs> want them to hear this news on a Tuesday morning what's your take on things? I'm afraid it is a bit depressing the, the basic view for all the people I talk to for my piece is that it is impossible economically uh, if they're going it alone to open restaurants bars and pubs under social distancing measures um they come up with ideas you know maybe you order on an ipad and collect your own dishes but if they if they had to keep people two meters apart most places would have to take two-thirds of the tables out and they would be economically unviable so their view generally is we cannot open in the midst of a health emergency or if we do with social distancing the government will have to keep supporting all the way to the end. I mean, it, it is bleak, but something has to happen because, you know, UK hospitality employs 3.2 million people in this it's country. It's massive, isn't it's, it? It's massive, absolutely massive. Um, and Hospitality UK, the, the organisation, has said that they expect, you know, it, if it's not looked after, 2 million people will lose their jobs. Um, and that's just unthinkable. Isn't it second as an employer only to the NHS and, and social care? 
Uh, I think it's uh, slightly bigger than the NHS really? and social care, actually. Yeah, uh, it depends, obviously, how you how you count people. But let's just say it's one of the biggest employers wow. in the UK. That sector It's worth seventy two billion pounds a year. Look, I've got these numbers in my head. Yeah, look, it's at amazing. You. Isn't it? uh, it's look a, at me go. It's like I'm an old fashioned reporter, Chris. No, it's all that peanut peanut butter. You you're spinning straight from the jar. What the heck were you talking about on Sunday on Sunday brunch? <laughs> Uh, so I wrote a piece saying that we, we, in lockdown, we should be prepared to take joy in small things. Oh, and or, if that massive, meant, or massive t- tablespoons. It was a teaspoon, Chris Evans. It was a teaspoon. I just said, if I happen to stop yeah. by the pantry, take out a jar of peanut butter and have a teaspoonful, don't judge me. Weird is not the same as wrong. You may not. It may not be what you do, but yeah. you know we. We've got to be less judgmental at a time like this, I think. And uh, I was just saying, you know, one has strange habits in lockdown, and that, and if that gets us through, that's fine. Yeah. That's absolutely no, fine. We, we you must have some. No, we're the same with dips. So you know, we were dipping pizza bread, and then flatbread, and then cucumber sticks, and then fingers, and then teaspoons, and then tablespoons. And somebody went for the hummus at the weekend with a serving spoon. Let me tell you, it wasn't me, by the way. <laughs> I promise it wasn't. Well, it wasn't me. Be... It wasn't me. Yeah, well, it's not one of the kids, is it? Uh, no, it, it actually was. It, He's, his name's 11. Uh, sorry, sorry, his age is 11 and his name begins with N and ends in Oa Evans. Anyway. Uh, all right, Influence, episode one with George Jefferson, series three, available today from wherever you get your podcast. Anything else you want to say before you go, Jay? Uh, you last have me on about my book, My Last Supper. Yeah. Um, uh, September, the ebook is going to be a special Kindle deal in May. I think the price will be about two quid instead of nine quid. So if we're all still in these circs and you need something to read, what better could there be than a, <laughs> a, a book about your last meal on earth? Uh, uh, yeah, thanks, mate. Jay. Lovely to talk to you again. George Ezra, the subject of InfoLunch, the first ever InfoLunch available today from wherever you get your podcasts. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Vassal, are you ready for a guest? Uh, aren't we always? If there's one man you want to speak to about how to cope with intense situations, it's our next guest. His new book, Battle Ready, is out tomorrow. And here to put us through our paces, please welcome the professionally terrifying, but really just a great big cuddly bear from SAS Who Dares Wins, Ollie Ollerton. Good morning, Ollie. Morning, Chris. Good morning. Well, congratulations on your book, Battle Ready. Uh, read it uh, yesterday and the day before. It's published tomorrow. Um, how long was it in the writing? How happy are you with it in the end? Yeah, well, it's, it's taken a year of, uh, of putting together, but it's been 49 years of, of life <laughs> in a book. So, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm so happy with the outcome. It's amazing, yeah. Right, now, you described the book as a war cry against procrastination, and we all need one of those. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's no better time for this book because this book, really, the content was sourced from a time when I put myself into isolation um, and needed to make some changes. You know, I was that frustrated with repeating patterns. Yep. Um, you know, I put myself into a boot camp where there was no distractions. And really, there is no time like the present for people to do the same. Whenever, When are you going to get the time back? Yep. To yeah. actually do this again in the future and stop making excuses that you haven't got time. No, you're, you know, so, you're so right. And one of the things, and I've heard so much about this technique, uh, you know, literally over the last four weeks, you know, keeping a journal, journaling, writing things down, writing out a list of things that worry you. And there's the phrase, write them out of your life, write them out of your mind. Exactly. And the thing is, as well, this book and why I'm so proud of it is the fact that there are written exercises all the way through it. It's not just the fact you'll read the words. We actually get you to do practical written um, uh, examples to, to basically put you back on track. So, so yeah, it's, 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 
You know, uh, Chris, you'll remember this. Remember in the days when you used to buy a car and you used to get a Haynes manual? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Do you remember that? Yeah. A lot of younger listeners won't, um, won't remember that. But basically, that you used to get a car, they used to get a manual with it that used to allow the <laughs> layman to be able to understand a diagnostic of what was going on yes. and be able to get it and make it work properly again. This is the Haynes manual for the mind, body, and soul. <laughs> I've, I've heard that. One of my favorite gurus, Chad Guru, says the same thing. He says, you buy a new car, something goes wrong with it, or you want to know how it works, you consult the manual. Well, you need a manual yeah. for yourself, for heaven's sake. You can't just presume. You know, cars don't drive themselves. Cars don't fix themselves. You know, we need to, to have some perspective and some sort of space between Almost between you know uh, you know us and ourselves, the the my and the self, the the, the I am and the, the who I am, or the the story of who I am, to to be able to see wh- what's wrong and what needs fixing, and how we can stop the th- the negative thought loops because they're the killers. Yeah. yeah, it's the negative thought loops, and also that, that creates the habit loops. Which I was stuck in that pattern. You know, it's when I was, when I self isolated, I was sick of actually doing that repeat pattern. Yeah. Of, of negative habits you know and it, you, you get into we're habit driven so it's about changing those habits making that change that's uncomfortable yep. taking the short-term discomfort for the long-term gain what would you say the most formative period of your life has been thus far from a positive point of view ollie well it was really that time when i when i put myself into that boot camp you know i look back on my I don't look back, Chris. You know, a lot of my experience, I'm re- I'm really proud of. Yeah. But it was stepping stones to where I am today. You yep. know, my 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 focus is forward. What I can achieve, what I'm going to do moving forward, it's not in the rearview mirror. But really, that's that. You know, my special forces career it was a great thing. It really did just set me up for what was coming ahead. And um, you know, my biggest biggest battle was beyond the special forces. So. Five years, five, six years ago, I put myself into the boot camp and that was the most, the, the absolute golden time of my life. So, and it's changed, changed the way I think, changed the way I perform and it's changed my life totally. Yeah, and experience is good. It's really important. The more you have, the more you, you can, can glean from. But if you look at your experience as an ego mountain and you qualify everything you do by, well, look, look, look at my qualifications, look where I've been, that's useless. But if you use it as a sort of treasure trove to dip into as and when required, hopefully for more, for other people rather than yourself, then that's when it's useful. Yeah, 100%. And that's the biggest thing I learned. I, I actually, after the Special Forces, I went over to Thailand I was rescuing, rescuing kids from child prostitution and slavery. And actually, when I found the gift of actually giving to, you know, helping other people, yep. that changed my life. That was an epiphany. And people are sort of forgetting to do that these days. We get so, um, so competitive. We all fight for the most Instagram follows, or should we call it egogram? <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, it's, we're so competitive, but the power of helping others is so fulfilling. It's, it's amazing. Right. Now, your good self, uh, your family, um, you're on lockdown, of course, doing everything right uh, to protect life, save the NHS. Um, and um, it's all very important. Uh, but, of course, you were yeah. nearly lumbered with Foxy, weren't you? You just escaped him by a hair's breadth in lockdown. Yeah, well, we were lo- we were in lockdown for the for the. He's only just left, and he had to he had to get back for a very urgent urgent appointment. So um, he was in lockdown with me. Oh, was he? House. Oh, was he really? Yeah. I know we we he's only yeah, we've been in lockdown for about four weeks together. So that's really tested our relationship. But we came through. <laughs> we still love each other, and it's it's amazing. So all right, Ollie, great book, pal. Uh, it's still at home, and it's Thanks. staying there for a good couple of weeks yet. Ollie Ollerton, battle ready. Uh, Ollie's lockdown advice, write out a list of things that worry you. Now make a second list from the first, but only include the entries you can control. There'll be very few things on that second list. If you can't control them, why worry? Just forget about them. Time will sort that out. 
Awesome. Lovely. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Vassos, let's have another guess. One day we'll be allowed to go to hotels again, and if you're single <laughs> and looking for love, there's only one check-in desk for you. Yeah. First Dates Hotel is back for a new series mm. on Channel 4 tonight, so let's say ooh-la-la to the chiselled gatekeeper of love himself, the fabulous Fred Syriac. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, how are you? Bonjour, I'm very well. How are you, my friend? Yes, very good. All right, I watched your show again last night. Uh, brilliant, as always. A gorgeous hotel. Uh, it's on the Amalfi Coast, isn't it? Yes, uh, it's on the Amalfi Coast. Uh, it's actually a bit further north. It's not far from uh, Naples. Right. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful hotel. OK, have you been there before? First time for you? Well, I've been in the region before, but in this particular part of uh, Naples, I haven't been. And, you know, it's quite inland. Yeah. It's not really on the coast. Uh, so you, you have to really drive there. But it's very peaceful. It's in the middle of the mountains. So it, it really is like a retreat, you know, for the yeah. couples who are going to meet there. OK, it's all very cool. A poetic license, of course, at the beginning. I wasn't sure in the opening titles whether I was watching you or Daniel Craig, James Bond in that reaver. <laughs> what a what an opening shot that is! It's the magic of television. Oh, Chris. You mate. should know about this. Yeah, well, I, I used to. Uh, did, we, we, you were driving. That was you, wasn't it? Yes. No, I was. I was. What a great boat that is! Amazing. I amazing. do my own stunts. <laughs> All right. So, um, tell us about uh, the mix of um, potential uh, dates you have in the hotel this series this time round. Well, we've got some great dates. Uh, we've got these two girls, Georgia and Rachel, who actually just happen to know each other, and they realise that when they are um, when they are at the pool uh, waiting for for their dates. Uh, but the thing with these two girls is they've been with girls and boys before, but at the moment they are looking for boys. And uh, they both go on their respective dates, and then during the meal they keep looking to uh, uh, the side um, for, for each other. And uh, it's, it's like a menage a quatre starting there. Um, and, and you never know what is going to happen in the first date hotel. And, and this kind of thing don't happen. Uh, in the first date restaurant because people are just coming for a meal, mm. uh, but they're not staying, you know, like for two or three days uh, yeah. with us. And then um, these kind of things just happen and it just happens organically and we have no idea it's happening and it's just happening before our very eyes. Okay, it's, it's like a less loose, classier version of Love Island is what we're talking here. It's, it's a less inappropriate version of Love Island. Um, well... Not really. I mean, it's a bit different because yeah. people are looking for love. And, and the beauty of, uh -huh. of what's happening is that, you know, we don't judge people. People can be the way they want to be and they can be who they are. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's the beauty of it. You know, it's about people being confident and, 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 and just doing, doing what is best for them, really. How involved do you get? Um, I do not match people up. This is done by a team of researchers. We've right. got about 15 researchers who, uh, whose sole job is to matchmake people. Uh -huh. uh, my job is to create the atmosphere <laughs> and at times to intervene and give advice or, or to just be there and, and listen to what people have to say, to just give them also the courage uh, um, to, uh, to, to maybe, you know, 
uh, uh, tell their dates what they really want to tell them. And you've done this in real life, of course, you know, because you've, you've been front of house in several Michelin-starred restaurants. So uh, you've, you've gleaned, you've taken from your experience in real life, in your old job, uh, to, to this telly job. What kind of things do you do to help to, to sort of comfort people and, and make people feel a lot more at ease in these particular situations? Can you give us some tips, is what I'm saying? Well, you know, I think that what's important is to do the best for, for the daters. And what's very important is to realise who the people are and what kind of advice they might need and, and, and to tailor the response to them. At the end of the day, it's about them and to make sure that uh, I, I am honest and, and I give them the best advice as possible. So it's all about trust and it's making sure that I put myself in their shoes um, so that they feel, they feel comfortable and they feel confident. Now, Fred, uh, there's a lovely scene where you actually climb out of the pool in, um, in your budgie smugglers and then several of the ladies who are looking for love uh, say, well, I'd quite like to go out with Fred, but you're not available anymore, are you? No, I mean, look, well, it, it's not love. It was lust, what they were saying, these <laughs> ladies. <laughs> well, that's how it can begin. Uh, now, you are getting married in, in Jamaica. Oh, you were scheduled to get married in Jamaica, and your pal Gino De Campo was going to sort out the menu. How are those plans going at the moment, uh, bearing in mind what's going on around the world? Well, we have to put things on hold and wait for uh, all this lockdown and these restrictions to be lifted. Yep. Um, and we just have to play the waiting game like everybody else. You know, there's nothing nothing much we can do, unfortunately. No, apart from the right thing, we've got to do the right thing, which I'm sure you agree with. Uh, is it still going to be in Jamaica, would you say? Yes, it's going to be in Negril in Jamaica. Right. It's going to be fun. And Gino wanted to organise my stag do, and I said, no problem, Gino, you can organise a stag do, yep. but you and Gordon must cook at the wedding in exchange. OK, that's fair enough. Now, obviously, I have, my invite hasn't arrived yet. That's probably something to do with the lockdown, isn't it, with the delay in the postal it, service? It's on its way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Fred, lovely to talk to you. Stay safe, my friend. Thank you, Chris. Take care. Have a good day. All right, same to you, pal. What a lovely fella. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. As lockdown continues, Channel 4 want to give us a glimpse into the wildlife and nature currently springing into action. What better way than to point a camera at our next guest? Spring at Jimmy's Farm starts tonight with the agricultural hunk himself, Jimmy Doherty. Good morning, James. Good Good morning. Good morning. Welcome, welcome to the show. How's the weather there? Give us a now cast of your weather, please, if you don't mind. Oh, do you know what? It's sunny. It's beautiful. I am in the orchard at the moment. The bees are buzzing. The flowers are out. It's spring all over. Right now, I watched your show last night. It's a beautiful thing, as always, Jimmy. And I thought, oh, they must have recorded this last spring. That's convenient. But that's not the case at all, is it? No, no. What's on tonight was recorded uh, two weeks ago. Right. So it's a, a really quick turnaround. So you have you have a fully working farm, two hundred acres with all your gang. We've seen those before, and you, 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 but your petting zoo is really coming on, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a full zoo license. So now, as well as having the farm, we we have a wildlife park with all sorts of creatures, um, which have all the sort of the rigmaroles to, to look after them as well. Because that all carries on, obviously, with the lockdown. Life is very strange for all of us at the moment, but for the animals and for nature, the the beat of the the rhythm of nature carries on. Well, they're not aware, and they're not at risk either, are they? But however, um, there are a, a few uh, a few ill little souls uh, that we see tonight on the telly. Yes, yeah, there, there are ups and downs, and that, that's the case with farming. So there is a, there's a few tear jerkers in tonight's episode, uh, but there are some real positives, and uh, you know, I think I think people are going to be really intrigued 
to see sort of, you know, also the wildlife, how that's really flourishing yeah, yeah. and uh, someone leaps and bounds with, with people not being that active. But also just the, the daily activities of the farm with the, with the lambing and all the rest of it. I mean, yesterday was a bizarre day. I was sexing my emus, which usually <laughs> we would send off feathers and a blood sample to a lab yes. uh, and they would bring us the results back. But yes. we had to do it the old fashioned way. Sexing your emus. I love it. Um... <laughs> Right, just just uh, give, give take us through your Noah's Ark of, of animals in the zoo at the moment. So okay, so uh, as well as all the rare breed pigs and cattle, and we do about ten thousand free range turkeys. Uh, on the wildlife part side of it, we have everything from capybara to meerkats, uh, the camels, pelicans, um, uh, tropical butterflies. We have a whole reptile, crocodiles, uh, you name it. And when you when you want to buy a camel or two uh, for, for your zoo, your newly licensed zoo, do you go do you go to a camel dealer? Is that how it works? <laughs> no, there's obviously there's once you become a member of Biazo, uh, and once you become sort of part of all the federation of zoos and aquariums, is that uh, you are open to a huge database of animals around, and, and you don't buy and sell. It's all about swapping. Um, animals and uh, increasing their genetic pool so it's really well managed and actually you can go you go online there's a, there's a website you go on if you're a zoo and you have a look at available animals so for example if i've got a lonely i don't know um alpaca and he needs a girlfriend <laughs> i'll go on there and find him a girlfriend it's a bit like it's online dating for animals because you you've, you've coupling up your alpacas you're sexting your emus got it all going on under lock you're loving the lockdown there and now um it's uh, the the brilliant borough market here where i go shopping for the fresh fruit, fruit and veg for the family uh, to boost our immune system under lockdown there's been a run on broccoli have you experienced anything like that at your farm under lockdown yeah i think people are after certain things and i think actually i think the, the, the main thing we're finding when people want to come up because actually the, the, the farm shop's open but the, the, the farm park itself is closed is that people want to get out and engage with nature. You know, people have been cooped up so long. And what we've seen is lots of people coming up and saying, have you got, are you selling any seeds? Is there anything I can grow at home? And people want to start doing that at home and growing some lettuce, growing some rocket and, and sort of getting back to nature, which I think is, a, is one real positive to come out of all this terrible yeah. situation is that people want to get back outside, you know, really appreciate nature again. Spookily, um, literally a week or two before lockdown, we bought a load of old tin buckets and tin baths uh, from a local uh, sort of um, clearance uh, store near us, a house clearance store, and we drilled some holes in the bottom and we planted some spinach and some rocket and some onions and some beetroot. And, and they've literally taken hardly any looking after and they're all doing yeah. great guns. Yeah, beautiful. It's exactly right. With my kids, what I've done, I've got, we've got some empty plastic water bottles and I, I cut the middle section out and turn them into mini little greenhouses and they're growing rocket in them as well. So it, it's all those little things where you can get them active, get them, get them involved with stuff. But, you know, it's, it's, sort of, it's, it's sort of, I don't know, reigniting people's passion for nature and also growing your own. Have you ever um, done this, uh, Jimmy? Have you ever taken a detergent bottle or something like that? Clean, you've got to clean it out thoroughly, first of all. Uh, but it's got to have a moulded handle in it. You know, one of those, you, you know, you pick up a, like a, a plastic container. It's got a handle. You can put your hand through the handle. And then what yeah. you do is you, you make sure it's clean. And then you slice it, you know, about um, an inch uh, where your bottom finger would be an inch, and then but you slice it diagonally across, and then you have a a handheld uh, feeder scoop. Yeah, do you know what? It's so funny you said that. I did exactly the same with a four uh, pint milk bottle the other day, plastic one, chopped off, turned it into a watering can. Chopped <laughs> off. <laughs> well, why is that so satisfying when we do things like that? <laughs> I'm like, look, it's such a dad yeah, thing to do. You march around the house. And say, look what I've done. Yeah, I've been homeschooling the kids all day. Yeah, but look what I've done. 
with the with the kitchen knife. Look at this. Look at this, everyone. Stop everything. Look at what Dad's just done. Uh, Jimmy, good luck. Uh, what else is going on? What else can we see over the next couple of weeks? Oh, there's all sorts of stuff going on. It's endless. I mean, there's lots of reconstruction. Um, we've, we've got because we've got time to get inside and do stuff now. So I've just dammed up the tapir pond so the tapir can have a good old swim. Um, but meerkats, we're trying to. We've got one meerkat in particular who is just an escape artist. He's driving me mad. He's the only one because the animals are getting slightly bored because there's no one round to see them. So they used to load the distance, but there's no one here. So uh, we call him this meerkat Steve McQueen because he gets out all the time. Okay, all right, pal. Jimmy, lovely to talk to you. Jimmy Doherty, Spring at Jimmy's Farm uh, tonight. Channel Four, five past eight. Just what you need under lockdown after the clap for carers, of course. Awesome. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky.